0: Still going on in this Forged in Fire series, taking a look at times in the Bible when God has shown up in fire or he's used fire to prove people's faith. Um, just different ways that that element of fire has shown up uh, and uh, proved his people. Um, we've based this around this key verse. Benjamin, if you go to that next slide here, um, it is out of—go ahead, but I already did. Oh. There,
1: there you go. First Peter.
0: Thank you. Uh, Chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through the suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. All right? And so for tonight, our title is Clean. It's this idea. um, We're going to be taking a look at a story where it's not the fire itself, but a coal that's taken out of the fire cleanses somebody to prepare them for what they've got coming. Um, We've been on this series for quite a while now. Um, We spent several weeks with Moses and all the ways that fire was in his life. And we spent time with uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and with Elijah. um, And some of those have been very exciting. And I'm really excited about the next few weeks. Uh, We've got two more in the series after tonight. And um, they're going somewhere good. They're some of the ones I've been looking forward to since the beginning because of what it's going to finish up being. Uh, but for tonight, uh, Benjamin, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 6. All right. uh, this story, uh, I want to read it straight out of the Bible. And then um, what we're going to see is that as I was kind of unpacking this this week and trying to take a look at what we would uh, learn from this, I found that this kind of mirrors uh, the life of a Christian there's different steps in this go ahead benjamin um that as you take a look at it um, this is kind of the pattern of the way things should go for us and so like i said we're going to be in isaiah chapter six um the scriptures will be up there on um, the screen Uh, we're going to go a little bit at a time uh, to break this down into the four main parts all right benjamin go ahead for that first one it says in the year that king Uzziah died I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they called to one another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple Was filled with smoke So this is the first kind of stage Of the way this goes for us Is we get this vision of God We get to see God For who he is How powerful he is Just all that majesty All that glory For Isaiah this is going to be a bit much For anybody it's a bit much You know but he starts to Talk about this vision he has of God In heaven The whole throne room filled with smoke, everything shaking under the power of God. All these celestial beings just crying out constantly how holy God is. And this, this is going to get echoed in John's vision in Revelation chapter 4. I'm just going to go ahead and click to that. Because John has one of these visions too where he gets to see the power of God and he explains it pretty much the same way. He says, after I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I heard or had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit. And there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald and circled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones and seated on them were 24 elders and they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads from the throne came flashes of lightning rumblings and peals of thunder that's that everything shaking everything just booming with the power of god again and in front of the throne seven lamps were blazing these are the seven spirits of god also in front of the throne there was what looked like a sea of glass clear as crystal go ahead and click in the center Around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in in, in back. And the first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man, and the fourth was flying like an eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around. Even under its wings, day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Both these visions, you know, they see all these heavenly creatures that surround God and all of them, for their own majesty, which is something that's hard enough to understand, they all bow down in front of God and the one word they just keep saying is holy. It's like it's the only word they can find to describe what they are sitting in the presence of around the clock. Both times they say it three times. Yeah. There's all that symbolism in Numbers and three being that perfection. Kind of like when they talk about the rainbow encircling the throne. You know, here we generally only get half of it. We never get the full picture. The full beauty of it isn't realized until we see it in something like this. And so it's that perfect image, that perfect holiness is what they're calling out about God. That's what they get to see. And it has an impact on us. Benjamin, go ahead and click. I want to look at one time. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead again, but thank you. All right, I want to look at a time where when somebody got that proper vision of Jesus, how it impacted them. And this was the sinful woman. We don't really fully know that we can kind of guess her background here. Jesus went to dinner at one of the Pharisees' houses, and he was there. And while the Pharisee not really showing him a lot of respect, this other woman finds her way in. Um, pick up there in the middle in verse 37. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. The vision of Jesus, understanding who he was, was so overwhelming that she was giving probably her greatest possession to bless him. And she's just crying in his sight, so overwhelmed, so happy to be there, so happy to serve him that she uses her own hair to wash his feet. So the question is, is your view of God big enough? Go ahead and put that. Is your view of God big enough? I think a lot of us, that's kind of the first thing. It's one of two things that's going to catch our attention um, to bring us to faith. is understanding how big God is. And then this next part. So let's go back to Isaiah and see his reaction to all of this. Go ahead. He said, woe to me, and I am I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And so for um, Isaiah here, go ahead. It's a realization of self. That vision of God allows him to properly see his standing. Allows him to see himself for who he is. He realizes all of a sudden, that's God I'm not. There's a big gap between those two. Now the idea here, go ahead, Benjamin, is that if the lips are dirty, so is the heart. He knows that everything is pouring out of him, all of his speech, all of his thoughts, everything is messed up by sin, and it's all coming from the heart. It's that realization of I'm nowhere near worthy for this. And he's so afraid that even seeing God like this. He's just going to die because he's not worthy to be there. You know, for many people, when they meet God, that's that's exactly the reaction they're going to have. So let's look at another story out of Luke here, Benjamin, um, about when Peter first sees them. They've been out on the boat, and Jesus gave them that command of, I know you've been out there all night, haven't caught anything, you're tired, you want to give up for the day and turn in. Cast out your net one more time for me. And the big you know, catch of fish happens. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. Then they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Question for this part is Do you have a realistic view of your innocentness? Because I think both those things have to happen. Peter was seeing Jesus and understanding his power, getting that correct vision of him, and it led him to seeing how humble and how low he should feel about all the things that he had going on. That's exactly where Isaiah is. He's seen God. Taking a real hard look at his own heart. And he knows that it can't keep going that way. Alright, let's keep going in Isaiah here. Mm-hmm. Verse 6 says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. So the altar that's got sacrificed, but it's burning to God. That's where the fire is. And he takes that coal. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Which brings us to part three of this, the the cleansing. This is where that clean part comes in. Go ahead, Bob. Thank you. Isaiah knew that he had no standing before God as he was then that seraphim stepped in and he used the coal heated in the fire you know when you read that when you're younger you think would not that just burn his mouth instead of cleaning him but you know God works that way and he shows up in that moment and cleanses him to prepare him for what's next and that's the pattern we see repeated with a lot of uh, the people in the bible when God's ready to use them you know Think about the consecration of the priests. Um, I'm not going to read that whole chapter to you. um, But it's found in Exodus 29 if you want to take a look at it. Um, I think I got that up there too. Um, You know, the priests, when it was time for them to go and serve God, they had to go through that cleansing period. They had to get themselves ready. And ultimately, that's where we have to find ourselves. When we have that correct vision of God. That you know, realization of ourself and where we are, and us it leads us to realizing we need that cleansing. Benjamin, go ahead, because this is where we find um, that you know most beautiful word in the Greek to tell us die. Okay, and it, I hope I don't forget that one. Um, it's still standing out to me because it's that one word that means so much more than any other word could ever mean to us, because it's found in this. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And the Greek is that one word to tell us that. And with that he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. That is the whole thing mm-hmm. that all of Christianity hinges on. Go ahead, Benjamin. Because the work of Christ is central to our faith. That cleansing that only he can bring to us. That's where it all revolves around His name last week. There's always a uh, so that. You know, if the story stops there, it's really good for us already. Like, you can't imagine it getting better, but then it does because God does all of that, and then broken, flawed, really messed up people cleanses us and He puts us to work. So Benjamin, let's go to the next one back there in Isaiah. verse that's uh, always quoted for missionaries, but it really means it for all of us. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. So this leads us to our sending, our call to action, if you will. Go ahead, Benjamin, put that up there, buddy. Alright, there's that call to action. There's the so that um, the things that God has planned for us. Because he doesn't just let us sit still, because it's through all these different things that he'll lead us to, that he's going to continue to cleanse us and make us more like him and bring us closer to him. There's always that command, that once we understand him and once we love him, and when we asked Peter about that, when Peter said, yes, you know that I love you, he said three simple words to him. Feed my sheep. Was instructing him go out take care of other people show them my love that's the thing he said that's what the, he said his disciples would be known by it was by the way they loved one another see and I think God gives us like a specific set of people um, or a specific calls or he gives us some passion in life Benjamin if you want to go ahead and click, God gives us a burden Um, on our heart. But he also gives us a gift to be able to relieve that burden. And this is one of the ones that's still setting in for me constantly. I don't know how many times over the last few years I've said, well, you know, my heart is for people who have been burdened by the church and they don't really want anything to do with it and I want to bring them back in and show them that none of that changes who God is. And it's still setting in with me that that's kind of the burden That he put on my heart and the gift that he's giving me to be able to speak into those things. And I think for each of you, if you really think about it for a minute, you understand where your passion is, who it is that he's sending you to, who you can work in their lives. You know, if you're a teacher, obviously he gave you a heart for kids. But he also matched that with a gift to be so good with those kids that they want to be there with you. And yeah, Carrie, I'm going to call you out on this one, because that's her. You know, she is a teacher. That's her calling, but she's so gifted at it. We were joking again this week about being in Peru. We went to the zoo, and this little kid that can't speak English just came over to her and put his hands up, because he couldn't see over the fence. And he looked around and said, you must be good with kids. Lift me up. Yeah, and she did. The mom was okay with it. You know, they couldn't speak to each other. But that gift showed through. And you were able to show love in that situation. He gifts us the things we need to be able to go out and meet the people that he's given us a burden for. And all of these things, they're, they're not done to earn our salvation. All of the things that we work for are done in a humble understanding Of back to number three of that cleansing. Go ahead, Benjamin. Because all of these start to link together. And we don't do that because it's... it's, I don't like the word obligation. There's a movie years ago that explained an obligation is that thing you have to do that you don't really want to do. Proper works like this. Meeting that passion. Is done because you understand the love and you love him and you're drawn to want to do these things and that's where all four of these elements kind of intersect and start to look like the life of a christian um and they work together go ahead Benjamin. thank you all right so click one more time because i want to look at those four things again it's our vision of god the realization of self that cleansing and our call to action Here's the beauty of how they all work together. Benjamin, go ahead and click. Alright. It's in light of our vision of God that we have that realization of ourself. And then repentance leads to that cleansing so that our call to action may be fulfilled. There's this whole process. And if you get that out of order at any point, it messes the whole thing up. If you try to do number four so that you earn... number three, then it falls apart. If you don't have the complete vision of God, you're not going to have a real humbleness about who you are. If you don't have the real humbleness about who you are, you don't understand how bad you need the cleansing. You don't have the motivation to do the work. It all flows together. And I don't by the grace of god that looking through isaiah's story here i started to see that pattern because i don't know how many times i've read that and i've never seen before how much that that's just us that's how it works that when we see god when we stand before him that's how that pattern plays out and so that's that's kind of been my prayer going into it this week that everybody here you're able to see through the things we do who god is who we are Want that cleansing. And then be looking to what your passion is. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for these patterns you lay out for us and you show us through your word so many things. You show us how you love us. You help us to understand who you are, why that matters. You help us to. Keep ourselves in check about who we are and who we're not. Father, that's when we understand just how much we truly need you. Why all the things that you did that we may not even understand why you would do them for somebody like us. You see the bigger plan. You lift us up. You clean us. You prepare us for what's next. Father, I pray that you show us these things. Help us to see what it is that you're calling our hearts to. Just bless us as we live here now in, in Jesus' name. Amen. You are